Seat yourselves, men and women of planet Earth. Come as you are, from work, from taverns, from study, science hall, and all that exists. Come all who are weary of their status quo, bored, hungry, unsatisfied. Join us today at Conscious Speaks. Hello, everybody. It's Kelly J, host at Conscious Speaks. Today, we have an amazing audio healing experience to create with you. Spirit-led, all the way from Maui, again. This is part two of three with a spirit-led three-part show with the Art of Feminine Leadership and our special guest, the Reverend Dr. Sarah Schischler-Goff. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. It's great to be with you again. <laughs> it is so great to be with you, too. I've been with you for a couple of weeks now because I I have your book. It's like... It's um, tags, ear tags, highlights, and pens, because I got to mark over, you know, which ones are different, because I mark everything. And so I'm really getting, uh, and with our phone calls, I'm really feeling our spirit-led connection just blooming to life. <laughs> yes, me too. I, um, everybody out there listening, what it's interesting, because this is the first time we've done a three-part show. And so I, you know, asked Sarah, you know, what her intention was, and uh, she said to me, that her intention for the show today was to to be present in flow, you know, a channel uh, to channel and be open for whatever needs to come through for, you know, what God's directives to to come through for us to communicate, to open up to spirit and just flow. And uh, we have such a good flow together that Sarah decided she really wanted to move with that uh, modality today. So I said, yeah, let's do it. You know, that's what I hear coming through. And so um, I just wanted to tell everyone out there who's listening, first of all, thank you for tuning in. We're really excited. I know Sarah has a lot of followers and friends that are tuning into the show, and we know that there's a lot of um, women out there that are leaders in their own rights, in their own minds, in our own families, all over the world, in our communities. And so one of the things that we're really wanting to do is just remind everyone out there that, you know, we could all be a badass priest. That's the name of the book, <laughs> right? <laughs> The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest, and Create a Ministry You Love. So, Sarah, I wanted to jump in because it seems like one of the really important parts for self-love for yeah. someone in the priesthood or for someone in life that's trying to get, you know, a, a level up is to really get, finding yourself right. Can you share with us and tell us mm. about finding yourself right? Yeah, so so this was something that really came to me when I started working with and studying with uh, Regina Thomasauer, who I talk a little bit about the book. She actually was gracious enough to write the forward for this book. And one of the things that I that she talks about that I really started to notice was just how often, as as women, but probably also as human beings, that in our own internal dialogue or monologue with ourselves, just how often we find ourselves wrong or we're like in disapproval of some part of ourselves, right? Like how we look or what we said, or, you know, there's, we're just always, we are our own worst critics. And this is kind of just normal. Like this is how we're trained and socialized to be as women, as if kind of we need to keep this lid on ourselves of don't get a big head, don't get too much in your ego. So we do that through kind of finding ourselves 
wrong. And sometimes it's as simple as, you know, catching your reflection in the mirror and thinking, oh, God, you know, I look really fat today. Or sometimes it's, you know, I, I should have done better with that presentation at work or whatever it is. Um, and we don't really notice the cumulative effect that this has on us. But when I started to pay, pay more attention, I realized that I was talking to myself in a way that I would never talk to anyone else, right? I would never right. talk to a friend that way. I would never talk to an enemy that way. Right. Um, and when I was challenged by Regina to practice just approving of myself rather than disapproving, something in me shifted. And um, it was kind of like, you know, that, that lid that I felt like I had to have on myself sort of popped off, which in a way is kind of scary because um, our limitations become comfortable in some ways. Right. We get used to being boxed in, even if we're, you know, you would get used to being uncomfortable. Um, but when I started to practice just approving of, even the, even approving of the first thought, which is kind of weird. No. Like, of course you, yeah. of course you look in the mirror and think, oh God, I look bad today. Like that's how you, what you've been trained to think. Right. So you go buy somebody's weight loss program or continue to pay your gym membership or whatever. Right. Um, and then practicing the next step, which is reframing it and thinking, you know, my body is a miracle. Mm-hmm. I'm the dwelling place of God. How dare I think such negative things about it and really choosing to just approve of what is as a step toward actually being able to love right, right. myself and love what is. Yeah. You know, that you're, it's just pinging all over the whole conversation and especially, especially how it's, it's something that we're comfortable with. We, because I think mm. there's different layers, right? We talk about this a lot in transformation work in, in, like you said, that first turn, like, you know, to learn, to love yourself. It's really, we forget that, you know, in a patriarchal society, as we discussed before, and mm. you talk about in your book, that we are, we're, we're not taught to, we're taught that it's the male role that you look up to. And then the women are supposed to be submissive. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and then you look at, you know, self-love and self-care. And if you can't be too loud, you can't be too boisterous, you know, um, right. and you can't be too pretty. You can't be too, uh, you know, I don't even, not even use that word because the way that we, that, that I see, I think society has manhandled beauty since the beginning of time. And the reason I know beauty mm. is not real is because it changes. What's real is our internal connection to ourself, which is beautiful. That's radiance. That's what I like to call mm. it because if anything can change, then we can't trust it. So if we don't have a place to hang our hat, per se, right, if we don't have a comfortable lid to wear, then we're always going to feel like we don't fit no matter how hard we try. And, mm. and that's what I heard in there, too. And it's so practicing, approving. You you know, it's funny that you said that because this morning was the first time that I um, I did some hashtags with that. And, I, and, and I'm sure mm. it's come from our connection. And it said... You know, I talked about how fear is a liar. And then I wrote, you know, um, hashtag you love yourself. You admire yourself. You are aware. You are safe. You are self-love master, right? So those mm. things, loving yourself right, like you said, you know, it ri- reminds me of, what's that med- the affirmation meditation that you talk about in the book? 
the enoughness mantra. Yeah, 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 the enoughness mantra. Can you tell the audience out there a little bit about that? If people are listening, that's a tool that you could give them today that they could use readily. Yeah, well, so, you know, what I've found in doing my own uh, work with myself, and let me, I'm just going to see if I can flip through my own book and find out where it is. Um, I'll flip with you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do it together. I know I didn't warn you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And if I can't find it, I'll make it up. And if I get it wrong, that'll be okay. But, um, you know, a theme that I hear all the time from folks that, you know, what they're struggling with is this just pervasive sense that we are not enough, that they are not enough. Right. And, again, like it's so... Page 69. Both. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. You're welcome. We're working Um, together. We're a team. We're (laughs) co-creating. Right? Teamwork. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, that's actually different than page that I have. But so... It's both this, like, it's totally normal, right, to the point where we don't even notice it, that we just kind of have this belief that we're not enough, right, this core belief. Right. Or that we're too much. It's not a big big deal. Right. So it's the both and, right? It's like we're not enough and we're too much. Yeah, yeah. It's a little crazy making. <laughs> it is. You mentioned it in the book, you know, and, and then you say how women were good at that because we, we kind of, that's kind of, you know, we're feminine, we're women, we're here to heal. And so we take on all these hats and it's a little bit crazy, but we end up doing it. Well, and I think, you know, we both have this ability to, to do so many things at once and to hold so many things as true right. that we push ourselves and think we should have no limits, right? You and I were talking about yes. this the other day, right? This this buy into the belief that um, we can have it all, like as if we should have it all. Like you should have to do all of the things. Maybe you as an individual person aren't actually called to do all of those things. Right, right. So, and so when I, when I have, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, you know, we were kind of doing that proverbial, you like, as a woman in, in modern day times, you know, I could bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, you know, that kind of thing. Like where women are just doing everything, you know, there's not one thing that we're like, you know, you, you get, you just see like, you know, the businesswoman or the executive or the mother and we're, we're, we've taken on all these tasks and it, it's been normal sized yeah. that we're supposed to do it all and still, you know, hold ourselves together and and um, be able to you know feel a joy and I think that even we talked about that I, I might have mess- mentioned it on the last show but even with Mother Teresa in her memoir like at the end mm-hmm. it's like everyone looks at all the good and how much she was doing but she was in a lot of pain especially with her relationship with God and so you know if if yeah. we're if we're in pain with our relationship and we're disconnected from Creator however we choose to receive or call that you know connection then we're really, and then we're still trying to be all these connections. We, and, and this is the crux of your book, we've forgotten to take care of ourselves first and that, and that connection to spirit, to God. So how can we really do it and still have room or time for us? There's so much there I want to pick up on, but the part you said about, about Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. I remember when that book came out, it came out after her death, I think, right? And yes. It was 
a bunch of her personal letters. Yes, I just so got She chills. had never yeah. published this. She had never been public about her deeply intense struggle with God. feeling at times in her life like God wasn't there, not being able to, to access that relationship, um, really being in, the, in a deep darkness. And I think I was actually in seminary when that book came out. And I remember... I didn't want to read it. <laughs> I think I still, I have it. I purchased it, but I haven't read the whole thing yet. And I remember some of my um, colleagues, my fellow seminary students who were, you know, we were, God, we were like in our early 20s then. And we it, it kind of undid us a little bit to know that this legendary figure, this like model of, I mean, really, in her own way, a model of feminine spiritual leadership in the church that she had had, it was kind of unnerving to know that she had had this struggle, but for me, it was more unnerving to know that she never felt like she could tell anybody. I mean, she wrote letters to her Monsignor, but she kept it very private, and I wonder what what it could have been like. I mean, I guess it's happening now after her death, so she is still doing this in her own way. Right, right. What if she had been able to to feel safe enough to tell the world that she also had these doubts and this, these struggles because everybody does. Right. That's so true. And the, and the idea that like, once you are mother Teresa, you don't get to publicly share. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Right. That, that you still have dark, you still have epic dark nights of the soul. Yes. And thank God she at least reached out to, you know, she didn't keep it completely a secret. She reached out to, people in her life, I think, to, to move through it. But that's another thing that I've been well, writing about and thinking about. And, and part of why I decided to develop these courses and create these groups for women clergy to give us a space to just tell the whole truth. Yes. Because, you know, we, we're allowed to preach about struggles we've overcome, but we're not really encouraged to be public about the fact, you know, I'm actually in the middle of a massive struggle right now. Yes. And because I'm human. <laughs> and yeah. to be honest about the fact that that struggle continues, that cycle of going to the mountaintop and then going to the depths of the valley of death, like you always live that cycle even after you're ordained, even after your mother, Teresa. I agree. And I, you know, what I hear in there a lot too is, what we're hoping, you know, for everyone gets a chance to do these days is really realize that it's okay to not be perfect. I mean, in the end, that's what it really is because, yeah. and, and it all goes back to self-loathing, self-hating, right? I'm not mm, good enough or I'm right. not doing it right. Or I, I've attained this status or I have this title, so I'm not allowed to break. And, you know, I've, I've had, mm. you know, when people look to their leader or someone who's leading or in leadership, um, in the past, I would think it, it was it was kind of the creed that you couldn't show any weakness, right? It's kind of the way the right. whole world is brought. But right now we're learning that modality didn't work really well. It's created a lot of pain in men and women and yeah. in, in children and families. And it's created a lot of separation. And, 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 and that's why, you know, your book, that's why it's so important because people do turn to their church or to their priest, I think, a more than they would their husband or their spouse or their you know, wife or be, sometimes because some people just don't know it's okay to have to, to that it's not weak 
to share, right? That it's mm. not weak. We have to break open to really let that light in. And that's just not a universal knowledge out there, right? It's you put it on your shoulders and you keep walking. You pull up your boot strings, you keep walking. Right. You put you fix your right. lipstick and your hair and you just you don't cry, you keep walking, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean right. that was my grandmother's generation. If you you know, you made your bed, you lay in it and you just you do your hair, your makeup and you just don't you know, you go on. You don't just get on with it. Yeah. Right. And and just for and it. I think every season has a time and every time has a season. But those seasons right. and times, um, bless all of the goodness that brought it to now, um, are really ready to, I think they're ready to say goodbye with love and really want everyone to open up. And that's what your book shows everyone, you know, to love yourself right where you are. Yeah. Yeah. So the enoughness mantra is really simple. I would basically take a moment to come back to where you are, come back to your body, get present, breathe. And then just say to yourself, just as I am, I am enough. Hmm. Right? I love that. Just as I am, I am enough. Just as I am, I am enough. And I I think you said keep repeating it, right? Just keep repeating it. Yeah. Yeah. Until until you feel that sense of peace, until something shifts where you can actually believe it. and the thing is, this is, you know, this is work. This is the work of life. This is like lifelong, <laughs> a lifelong process. You're not always going to feel it. Um, but I think it is possible to get to the point where, you know, really as, as women clergy, what I'm trying to remind us is that this is what we preach to everyone, right? We preach you are enough. We preach God loves you no matter what. We preach that there's nothing that you can do to separate you from the love of God. So how do we believe that about ourselves? And not like just believe it intellectually, but believe it enough in our bones <laughs> and in our neural yeah. pathways and in our subconscious, unconscious mind that we can rewire our automatic thoughts that say that we're not enough. Right. And and I love it because we can. I know we can. We can become, and we really are already our thoughts. And that's the thing I like to share a lot is we're already doing this work. We're already, and you talk about in the right. book so eloquently. You know, we're either we're either doing self hate or we're doing self love. And there's a variance on that. Some words sound strong, and people are like, "No, I love myself," or "No, I don't hate myself." Right. But it's a root. Right. There are two root causes, love and fear, two root emotions that bridge every other one. And they'll always boil down to the negative or the positive. And it's uh, like right. in your book, you said, fundamentally on a soul level, on a body, mind, spirit level, on an essence of our humanity, on a being level, there is nothing wrong with us. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with us. And what's funny is we are the ones who created the fear to believe there is. So the truth is we could take it back. Right. <laughs> we could take it back. We are really in control. When we surrender, we are in complete control. But, you know, it's one of those things where I love I love the simpleness of the enough enoughness af- affirmation. Like, really, just as yeah. I am, I am enough, Right. It's kind of like I am that I am. And, and that's what I work with a lot, you know, 
And you know, right. I, I always, to me, I've always taken I am that I am back to you know, Moses and the proverbial burning mm-hmm. bush. And he's looking at the bush. He's like, who do I say? You know, and it's like, and all he hears is I am that I am. So I always put myself in the place of the bush and I'm looking at Moses and I'm trying to figure out Ooh. what God said. Right. So I always flip everything around. And he's like, he's looking at Moses and he's saying to him, I am that I am. And so I'm like, I worked with that for so long until it opened up a pathway and doorway for me. And there's many doorways, as we talked about yesterday. Um, You know, there's many, many rooms in my father's mansion. And I believe that we are the rooms, that each person is so beautiful. And that Mm. once we can embrace I am, then we really have the tools, the keys to the kingdom. And they're in this book. You're teaching people I am that I am with just that enoughness affirmation, I think. That's what I get from it. What do you think? I love that. I think that's fantastic. I love the idea of flipping it to be to be the bush. I never would have thought about that. Yeah. Like that gives me chills. Yeah, it's pretty powerful because then you really get to start, you know, really moving with what was he trying to say? What was he trying to tell Moses? What's he trying to tell us? Right? Right. It's really beautiful. We're going to take a break. There's a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking with you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we're going to take a break, and then everybody out there listening, we're going to come back. We're going to talk to Reverend Dr. Sher- Sarah Schischler-Goff, and she comes back. We have more beautiful uh, The Art of Feminine Leadership conversations to have. Thank you. Sarah Schisler Goff went from considering leaving the priesthood to co-creating her dream ministry not only once, but twice. In The Art of Feminine Leadership, you learn the tools to help guide you. Do you feel like you spend more time being a professional fixer than a spiritual leader? Are you struggling to rekindle the joy in your ministry? Do you feel called to do things differently, but are not sure what that means? Do you desire to step into your power, claim your strengths, and stop apologizing for having something world-changing to say? If so, then you have been called for exactly this moment. Just as the church is undergoing a great shift, so are you. It's time to become the leader you were born to be. Pick up your copy of The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest, and Create a Ministry You Love at Amazon.com. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back, everyone, to Alternative Talk 1150 AM KKNW. This is Conscious Speaks, and we are live every Thursday with Kelly J. That's me. And if you're just joining the conversation, we are talking to Rev. Sarah. She wrote a new book. It's called The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest, and Create a Ministry You Love. It's available on Amazon. And uh, Rev. Sarah also does retreats, and she works uh, and does coaching. So if you hear anything that sparks your soul strand, you can reach her at admin at Sarah. SchistlerGoff.com. That's S-A-R-A-S-H-I-S-L-E-R-G-O-F-F.com. And just to let you know, there's a free gift giveaway. So if you email Sarah, 
She will send you an autographed copy of her new book, and I highly recommend it for everyone out there listening. It is all about the feminine. Welcome back to the show, Dr. <laughs> Reverend Sarah. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> it's good to be here. Oh, my goodness. I'll just, like, love, I love, I love, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, we are going to, and, you know, I was just thinking we're going in circles, but that's what you talked about, too. Feminine is a circle, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking how much I love these conversations, and it's actually bringing up for me one of the reasons I decided I wanted to be a priest because it, it lets you have these conversations with folks. It kind of opens the door to talk about God and spirit and spirituality when it's not always something everybody talks about. I mean, I talk about it all the time. Me but too. <laughs> it's kind of, it's, right? I mean, it's normal for us. Yeah. Um, but I love this. This is one of my favorite things. So thank you. Well, I, I'm, I'm really, yes, thank you so much. And I thank God and I thank I think the universe, because I think people would like to have more conversations like this, or I hope they mm. would, but we don't know how to feel comfortable because we're, we were taught you don't talk about religion or politics, right? Right. <laughs> and so right. people kind of shy away. And it's the only thing I really love to talk about. So I kind of like, you know, my friends are just like, do you have anything else you like to talk about? And I was like, well, you know, and, I, and you even talk about in the book, physiology, sociology, quantum physics. They're like, no, anything else right. besides that? And I'm like, but that's all the good stuff. <laughs> I think there's a lot of us out here. I think there's, you know, more of us, like you say, that are coming to the point where it's like, this is the interesting stuff. These this, are the big questions. Yeah, and, yeah. This is yeah. the good stuff. And really, and so I, I wrote about it in a, in a note that I and I had edited and changed it because I just I never get worried about running out of words. But you know, I said if we could heal our human hearts, if we could free our soul, if we could shine bright in the hues of our own intentions, then it's okay if we want to go on a fad diet or go shopping and do retail therapy because we're not looking for something outside of us to fix us. We got straight on yeah. the inside, right? And, and, and that's yeah. part of finding yourself right. Once you find yourself right, the world is our oyster to participate with. We don't need it to, to make us feel things, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, I like that. You know, so it makes me think of what you said about your grandmother saying, like, put on some lipstick. Or <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> my, mother, my mother-in-law says the same thing, right? Like, if you want to feel better, put on some lipstick. And the thing is, she's not wrong. No, she's not. I was it's just thinking... <laughs> <laughs> go She's on, go on. Wrong. Yeah. And some, the thing is, if you if you put on some lipstick as an act of self love and finding pleasure, yeah. in that act, yes, it totally, you know, it lights that God particles inside of it. You, does. Right? It, I it just had him go feel pleasure and joy. Yeah, I just had to go but through my neck, like, oh. neck and spine thinking about it when you said it. I was like, yes, right? yes. <laughs> just from something as silly and simple as putting on some lipstick. But if you're like, oh, I need to put on some lipstick because I need to look pretty or I need, I'm not good enough and I'm still not going to be good enough when I, it's the wrong shade or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. It really, it's how, it's how it's intention and I, it's, I agree. Yeah. Intention and how you do it. And right. <laughs> I agree because I, I still want to, I still want to be a woman and I'm still a tomboy. I mean, I have, you know, I lived in the country and I, you know, have my mm. muck boots and I love to run around with no makeup, but I noticed that if it's been a while and I'm like, haven't, I'm like, if I go do my hair, because, you know, when you live in the woods, you just like, you don't really do your hair, you don't do your makeup, you don't get dressed up, and I'm like, oh, it's been a while, and I go do my hair, my makeup, put on my red lipstick, and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel fabulous, 
right? It's this, right. it's that um, we're loving ourselves. We're not, we're not doing it to try and elicit a response. And as young women, I mean, that's what we're sold. Mm. I mean, that's what we're sold. Either you can fit into the way beauty's being manhandled and sold to us through the marketing of the world, or you don't. So either way, you're getting used by beauty um, or people's mm. perceptions of it. But it's we, we're sold how to market, um, you know, how to sell, how to buy things from a young age, and and it's really interesting because I know and you know and 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 a lot of women that we know and that are listening and people that are listening to this station and have way before I ever come here, self love is the way and there's been leaders in the communities you know long before us and they built us up to come to these certain precipices, and we're at a precipice people are really starting mm. to feel self-love is more important than the outer appearance which is really you know how my whole project started you know my whole project internal journey started as internal narcissists and it was learning and, and mm. that's still the it's still part of my project but internal narcissists she grew up after five years into internal journeys and became the brand in, you know, the teachings in the school of thought, but internal narcissies was given to me in a dream by spirit. And it was learning how to love ourselves so we could love others is the motto. And it's, so we learned that it's what's inside of us, our connection to God, our connection to spirit, however we connect, right. Is, um, is our true beauty. And you talked about it. You said when we put on that lipstick or those high heels, we get those God particles swimming inside of us and we feel, ah, they feel good. Well, and you don't get any more direct from Jesus than, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, right? Like, yeah. that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's so simple. You, and, yeah. And I know that there are women, you know, leaders in the church who, it's kind of, I, I, I'm still trying to find the right way to invite a certain, people who are in a certain place in their own development and transformational journey right now where it's like they're almost like you said about people being aware that self-love is the key Mm -hmm. and i think there's there's some folks who are still really wary of it because what they see is a lot of narcissism yes like there is a lot of narcissism in the church there's a lot i mean just i could get in trouble for this but there's a lot of narcissism (laughs) In the clergy, right? Because we have this, like, it's almost like because we don't believe we're enough, we, that one way to go is to puff yourself up and look like you have a big ego and pretend like you have it all together. Right. So there's a, there's a kind of woman who has a radar for that and is like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to look like navel-gazing, you know, so focused on myself, so self-obsessed that they are really wary of anything that smacks of, why do you want me to focus on loving myself? Like, yeah. isn't the church all about loving God and loving neighbor and service? And right. yes, absolutely, 100%. And loving yourself, like love your neighbor as yourself. Like there's this part that has been missed. And I think, you know, <laughs> the church is kind of slowly catching up to what a lot of people have realized, like, you and your audience and, and that really self-love has been the missing yes. piece. It really, yeah, it really, really has. I I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I felt like I was, here's a story. <laughs> I was riding a bus and it was when I was in my early twenties, I lived in West Seattle down at Alki. I worked downtown. So I would take the bus and after work, um, take the bus back. And it's a very busy commuter. 
um, bus line, and so is downtown after work. And I was always thinking and reaching out and doing this type of philosophizing in my mind even then and um, earlier. But I remember looking around out the window, and it was raining, and people were standing around just, you know, looking miserable. It doesn't mean they were, but that was what, you know, they were right. off work. They were tired. It was a long day. It was raining. And I looked everywhere, and I and I was just like, oh, my gosh. I'm never going to do that. And mm. and it was like I really was talking to God. I said, I'm never going to be so lazy, fall asleep inside my body to forget the miracle you gave me. I won't let myself be stranded mm-hmm. inside myself. Because the fact that I can move and breathe at all, I want to be beautiful per se, like as a human, not aesthetically, yeah. but just that I breathe, that I can smile, um, that I could stay in my body and be in my body and be, a, you know, a human, a spiritual being having a human experience through my connection. Right. And, and I just remember looking around thinking, we just aren't taught we're not taught that we can yeah. love our body. That's what's beautiful. It's not how the body looks. It's that it, how it's working. That it, it doesn't really, like we could, I was talking to my um, friend and, and, and mastery student, Diana. I said, you know, when autopilot, she's like, I don't feel like I breathed, you know, for the last two days. I said, well, you didn't. Not the second little breath, not the deep one. I always say we, yeah. have, we have different kinds of breaths. There's the one that's, our body's going to survive. It's going to breathe us through mm. just like when we drive to work, right? You know, sometimes you drive to work, you're like, how did I get here? Like, you know, you're autopilot. <laughs> the body will do what it needs to do. But I think it's up to us to to demand more from life and go, no, I can be here. I could drive this bus. I could drive this vehicle. I could drive this this body, this tabernacle that I exist within is my kingdom. Mm. Well, it's like you said, you know, we're not taught that. Mm-mm. And so the thing. Thank God, thank Goddess, that the, that you had had a moment like that, where you committed to yourself and to everyone that you're here to teach that you are not going to fall asleep, so that you can help others remember to wake up and remember that just being alive on the bus is a miracle. It's so cool. <laughs> Everything's so cool because it's happening, right? I remember the story yeah. from your book. You were a little girl and you went to church and you came home and you were so frustrated, right? The story <laughs> about the priest. Will you tell all the listeners out there about that? Well, so I, w- I was just very uh, kind of perplexed how anyone could purport to seek for God or tell us about God's will. So yeah, so I had gone to church with my mom. <laughs> I grew up Episcopalian and I didn't always pay attention to the sermons, but I must have paid attention enough that day to get to be a bit incensed that yeah. some guy was up there telling us what God's will was. And I just remember coming home and saying to my mom, like, how can anybody know that? Like know what God's will is. And this was one of the best moments ever with my mom. I remember <laughs> it so clearly. We were sitting on her bed, and she just kind of smiles knowingly and takes a deep breath and says, God is like this. And then she made this motion with her hands where she kind of waved them back and forth, one over the other, with like a foot in between of just space. It was kind of like a spiritual rap move. <laughs> I like that. And, <laughs> and she's like, God is like this. It's like you... And I think what she meant was that we can kind of point to it. We know it's there. We know enough to 
experience it, but we can, you can never touch it. You can never put it in a box. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> lesson from my mom. Um, you just experience it, and you are in relationship with it, with oh, God. Yes, yes. And for some reason, that made me feel like, okay, so anybody really could could access it enough to have a sense of what God, what who God is, what God's will is, and we'll never completely get it, right? Like, yes, yes, that's we'll the beautiful never part. Have it completely, <laughs> and we all need each other to kind of wave our arms at, like, it's kind of here. God is this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just getting right? these great physical, these great visuals. Yes, yes. I don't know if it works for radio, but yeah, that. <laughs> And I just remember that so clearly, like. That was your bus so moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. One of them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. When we're open. And then I didn't have to be so upset that some guy was, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was kind of in a way she was empowering me to be like, you have as much access to this as anybody else does. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. That. Yeah, that's true. That's what she was showing. And, and such a yeah. beautiful answer. She didn't, she didn't get stuck. She gave you some really good words there for you to find your peace and, and to carry on. And, 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 and that's, that's feminine leadership, right? That's, that's mother. Yeah. That's oh, mother. I love that. Yeah. That's mother. I think sometimes yeah. we don't realize all the things our mothers do for us until we look back. <laughs> I mean, there's my next 10 books, yeah. probably. But yeah. yeah. I'm always saying I'm sorry all the time. <laughs> To her and my aunt who raised me. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I had no clue. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> but but I mean, luckily, luckily they, love sticks, right? Because yeah. they still love us. Right? Love sticks. There it is. There's yeah. the bumper sticker. There's our bumper sticker. I mean, I think, you know, I, I have flashbacks to my mom's face. What, you know, I can just kind of see her throughout different points in my life when I was struggling or raging or whatever. It's kind of like, I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now that she had the knowing, which I'm sure your mom and your aunt did too, right? Like, right. We just think oh, they just, don't. If you wait, if <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. wait 20 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the grace of, I mean, I've looked forward to getting older my whole life and I love, I, mm. I've always wanted to be that elder, you know, and I knew I had a lot of work to do. And believe me, being 50 next in the next couple months is still a baby, but I have I have a lot to look back and, and place things against and think, wow, what as much as we think we know when we're younger that we yeah. have no clue. Right. We, and we and the but our mothers and caretakers really how how often they probably bite their tongue. Right. <laughs> just just bite. Right. And, they're, and they're just thinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and with love. Right. And, and I think that's a lot about. And, and and again, that's that's feminine leadership again, right? It's not you do yeah. what I say. It's sort of you know we're gonna we're gonna put the guardrails up for you and and be here, but mm. you, know, you have to find out on your own too because that's exactly what happened to them. I mean, mothers are who rear the children, truthfully. Right? I'm not I'm not discrediting fathers out there. There's a lot of fathers that do, but I'm just saying in general, and that's kind of the matriarchal world. <laughs> um. And so there's there's so much wisdom in being a woman. And we talked about this yesterday. It's one of those things that I just never embraced. I grew up in divorce. My, the, my, the women mm-hmm. figures in my life were strong. 
and it wasn't that soft edge. And so I write about it in my Grace series where I didn't have a role model for Grace. It was loyalty mm. and strength at all costs, right? And you just you, mm-hmm. you, you get up, you move on, you, you you know do the next right thing, basically. And and so I just I, in a world where I was growing up hurt by my fathers, not really having that soft pillow or learning to have those open dialogue conversations to share about feelings. I really went inward, and I and for me, I drew on the strength that men were the power, and if I could protect mm-hmm. myself like a man, if I had that strength, if I made a lot of money, if I had a good job, that I would be protected. I mean, this is something I adapted when I was younger, you know, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't know how to identify or tap into my woman, my strengths as a woman or the, the power of, you know, being a feminine leader. And, and I think that's why transformation work, you know, is so disrupting sometimes because in life we we're I, you know, we're always going one, one, either one way we're going love or fear, right? We'll go back to it's, always a root cause from one of those energies we're going to go towards love or fear and and, and no, you'll never know what it looks like because just like the people standing on the side of the street waiting for the bus I don't know what's inside of them I don't know what they were thinking right. they just went to a resting place where their whole body was resting and I couldn't see them because they weren't in their body really you know when we're just mm. out of body and so when we don't when we're doing leadership skills when we're working and we're looking for leaders it's we need to find people that we feel have a similar story, I think, so we can connect to and break open those energies together. And, and, and that's why I think your book is so important, especially to reach out to different women in the, that are priests, because as I think you guys, all of you women, not you guys, um, you know, who've <laughs> been in the church and really are those leaders to just keep growing and opening up more is going to empower all the other women in, you know, that in the congregation or the church or their daughters or people, you know, whoever they are, you know, in communion with to open up and heal as well. Well, I think that's, yeah, that's what we are able to do for each other when, when one of us walks her path, you know, out in, view of everyone else and we see her giving herself permission it's that that act alone gives us permission right yeah like it's then it gives us we are then able to give ourselves permission to to walk our own path yeah i did a little i think that i'm sorry i'm sorry well i did a little research because you had said in the book that there was 40 women or there was a group of women that really yeah Pulled, pushed the system to get um, the ordinations in um, their, I don't have the right words because it's not my... In the Episcopal Church. Yeah, in yeah. the Episcopal Church, um, to get their ordinations pushed through because it was time, right? Everyone was like, let's, let's right. group together. It's time. We need to be recognized. We are strong leaders, too. And, and, and then you said also there was a, a ratio that you couldn't find later, but it was quoted to you in a class that 30% or... Uh, or there was a there was a, a large number of female priests that would quit their their jobs before even like five years in the priesthood because it it they just couldn't do it. Yeah, something like I, I was told this statistic two weeks before I was ordained. I went to a young clergywoman conference, and I remember it very clearly. Someone said something like fifty percent of women under thirty quit the ministry after five years. And I was shocked. So when I went to write the book, I looked everywhere for this. 
specific. I couldn't find it anywhere. But even if it's not, you know, even if I couldn't find the study or study that says that, I mean, in my experience, the women that I know who are, and there are a lot more younger women in ministry these days, and all of us are having some level of struggle. And I think it, I know I really need to talk to the men too. They might be struggling just, I don't know if that's just as much, but just, you know, struggling as well, because the church is undergoing a lot of changes right now. Right. We're trying to live into what we are being called to become, which is a very unnerving, I think you said something earlier about nobody actually really likes change. Right. You know, we want to be the people who like change and transformation, especially church folks. But it's just as hard for us to live through it. Yeah. Like living through the unknown, living through the undoing of who we are and what has been. It's just as hard. There's a fear around it that, it, you know, and fear is we know is not real, but it when you accept it, it has a place to dive in. And there's a fear of being a way shower that's going to break open something that big because people have been, yeah. people have been crucified for that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally. Um, it's I mean, just, it's just, we follow that guy. Yeah. It's just right? like, you know, I, um, it's a big deal. Um, we really do put our, deal. we put our necks out there. Um, you know, um, even, even, you know, I don't like to bring politics into it, but you know, the whistleblower. I mean, when we when right. we stand up for what we know is right, we really have, at that point, I believe the people that do that have had their conversations with God. They're like, you know what? Right. They know what they're <laughs> um, getting into. No matter what happens, I'm good because I don't believe in death. I'm going back, right? So, but, right. you know, not that I want to, but yeah. if this is what I'm called to do, I will follow, you know, and and, right. and, and and we talk about it and you talk about it in the book, you know, it's, we can't get around it, especially in the church, that it's a resurrection type life that we live. I mean, that's what we, that's what's taught. Um, right. The rebirth and re- resurrection. You know, I love this quote that you have in chapter three, right where you are. It says, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. It's Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson. And I just I say, that's not me. That's Ralph. Yeah, that's Ralph. <laughs> it's really and, good. I know it's really good. Isn't it? And you got and I just want to thank you. I want to thank you, Sarah. And, and every other uh, priest that's listening out there and to all the ones that are not female priests. Thank you so much for being way showers. Thank you so much for being there, even when a lot of us women, me included, didn't even know we could look to you as a role model. Um, I think that there's a lot of women out there spiritually that really we crave to be leaders and we want to be feminine leaders and to do what's right. And, and we need leaders too. So I just want to thank all yeah. of you out there listening because I know it's hard work and I know going into the church means that you have stepped into that box or the circle, as you call it. And, and you are yeah. trying to lead from the margin and be in the margin. And it's a powerful place and it's a powerful time in history. And, um, and I just want to th- say thank you to everyone, especially Sarah, that's listening because it's, it's important that you know that you make a difference in that these questions that are so hard for you that you have to bear and, and, and hold water up to matter. And in, in, in the end, the most important thing is we talk about quite a bit is the one relationship that we're always in is with God, and that's the most mm. important one. And so mm. that's what's truly being tracked. And we can live up to our you know commitments and be the best version of ourselves, do the two commandments that matter the most, right? 
And then, right, then, right. We, then we've done our best job every day. We go to bed, and then if we're lucky, we get to get up and do it again. Yeah. Well, and I, I so appreciate you saying that, and it, it makes me look to and give thanks to, like, the people you were just referencing, the women, the Philadelphia 11, yeah. who, who knew and loved themselves and trusted their relationship with God enough to, to go against the church. Yeah. And that it makes me cry. That they weren't ready yet. I know. And the thing is, my net one of my next projects is I want to uncover. Like I didn't learn. I have not learned about them. We have not been taught our recent history about these women. You know, there's a couple books out there. There's a documentary that's being made. Um, but these women are like, mm. I feel them with me, and you know, I think about like people in my that I have known that I do know women leaders in my life in very specific moments along my journey who have they didn't need to pay any attention to me they didn't need to lift me up or support me they could have just been focused on themselves but they intentionally said it is a woman's job as she raises herself up to reach behind and bring other women up with her and even help them surpass her. And that has like been foundational in my own development as, and taking on my own mantle to be a leader that that's what I feel like, okay, that if they can do that, I can do this. Right. Yes. Yes. And it's a, it's a privilege and a blessing. And sometimes it's really freaking hard, but it's all of the things at once. (laughs) Yes. And, 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 Having that knowledge really gives you strength in dark times, right? Because it's not all mm. on you, right? We, we, we right. we're taking a torch in, and and, and you're going to hand it off, <laughs> right? And, and you know, I have a, a, a quote that came to me, you know, uh, probably in my sixth transformation, and it was, you know, I am not holy; I am part of the whole. Yeah, and, and I think that sometimes when. For me, when when I get into my work a lot, you know, we want to do so much what's right for God. But again, we're all making it up as we go along. We don't know. (laughs) Right. So we have to be easy on ourselves. (laughs) I wonder if the awareness of being whole is what is holy. I think so. Yeah. Right. It has to be. Yeah. It has to be because that includes everyone. Right. Right. It's inclusive and um, it doesn't have separation in it. And I always come back to all is one, right? All is one. And I am that I am. I am that I am. Yeah. Everybody out there listening, you have to, I really encourage you to put yourself in the place of the bush <laughs> and the fire and yes. look and look at Moses and practice. I am that I am and start to see what doors open mm. for you. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. There's another quote that I love that you have. It's in your introduction. It says, there's a whisper we keep hearing. It is a saying, we must build in us what we want to see built in the world. Sonia Renee Taylor. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? We've got a couple minutes left. Yeah, she's the author of um, My Body is Not an Apology, which is an incredible book. And that, for me, is the still small voice, right? Like the, the voice of God inside of us whispering to us what it is we're being called to do to create, which at a certain level is has everything to do with who we are being called to be. And if we listen to that voice, I think it's a voice of like, of longing and of desire 
and of the thing that we feel drawn to, which may also be scary, right? There's a reason that every time God shows up, he, he she has to say, do not be afraid. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> I mean, we may be really terrified of, of our deepest longings, but I think that's something that, you know, embracing the feminine side has really led me to is this awareness that it doesn't all have to be hard. It doesn't all have to be resistance. Like you can, you can follow your joy and do the ministry that you were called to do. Right? Yes. It's okay if it brings you pleasure. It's okay if it brings you joy. In fact, if it does, that may mean that you're on to something. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that 100%. And I think that that is a perfect place for us to uh, start to close the show because we could come back and talk about joy, pleasure, and longing and really move into how that is that is a part of embracing the feminine and being really whole as we were talking about earlier, if we leave a part of that out, we're not whole, really. Mm. We've got a hole in our heart, and uh, and mm. we, we don't want that. We want that. Uh, we want that full, whole circle, that circle to keep flowing around and around. They say that if you give, if you just give and you don't receive, it's not flow. It's not flow. Right. You, have to be, you have to be able to give and receive, and that's part of the work that uh, Dr., I mean, Reverend Sarah is talking about in her book, and it's part of the work that I talk about and teach at Internal Journeys. It's all about that giving and receiving and feeling whole. So come um, join us next Thursday. I'm going to invite Reverend Sarah back. We're going to have part three of our show. And thank you for joining us today, Sarah. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody. Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. I'm so blessed again to share time and space with everyone who tuned in and late listeners through podcast. Thank you, Alternative Talk Radio 1150 KKNW. Marilyn Milano, Eric Ryder, our producer and engineer, Don Avery and Larry Mitchell for permission to share rapidly approaching ecstasy on my show. You can find their CD on Amazon or donavery.com. Remember, everybody, love wins when we choose love. And that's a circle. Love and namaste. Kelly J. Sarah Schisler Goff went from considering leaving the priesthood to co-creating her dream ministry not only once, but twice. In The Art of Feminine Leadership, you learn the tools to help guide you. Do you feel like you spend more time being a professional fixer than a spiritual leader? Are you struggling to rekindle the joy in your ministry? Do you feel called to do things differently, but are not sure what that means? Do you desire to step into your power, claim your strengths, and stop apologizing for having something world-changing to say? If so, then you have been called for exactly this moment. Just as the church is undergoing a great shift, so are you. It's time to become the leader you were born to be. Pick up your copy of The Art of Feminine Spiritual Leadership, Be a Badass Priest, and Create a Ministry You Love at Amazon.com.